May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. The first scripture reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 and 6. The people walking in darkness are seeing a brilliant light. Upon those who dwell in a land of deep shadows, light is shining. And the second part in the Old Testament, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. When I was a young pastor, following the Christmas Eve service, I had a woman who came up to me, and she was not an old woman, maybe 45, and she looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, you ruined Christmas for me. I had read the Christmas story from the New Revised Standard Version and not the King James Version. I've read it from the King James Version ever since then. And in reading from the Chadwick Family Bible, it's 170 years old, 1853. I was just a kid. <laughs> and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass... As the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary, and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. 
And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Amen. If you look in your bulletin, it says we're doing a little town of Bethlehem now, and indeed we are. However, there's a slight typo. We've got the beginnings of two verses instead of one whole verse. So it'll be better if you turn to uh, hymn number 44 in your blue hymnal. Bill, should we do one verse or should we do two? Oh, we might as well do two. We got to the starts of two, so let's do both the first and the second verse in hymn number 44, O Little Town of Bethlehem. I think there's some repetition here, but we can never hear this story too many times, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, this is Luke 2, 1 through 7, and it's not from the um, King James Version. In those days, Caesar Augustus published a decree ordering a census of the whole Roman world. This first census took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All the people were instructed to go back to the towns of their birth to register. And so Joseph went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to the city of David, Bethlehem in Judea, because Joseph was of the house and lineage of David, 
he went to register with Mary, his espoused wife, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her delivery. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She put him in simple cloth wrapped like a receiving blanket and laid him in a feeding trough for cattle because there was no room for them in the guest room. Thank you. 
Amen. Thank you. Continuing, verse 8. There were shepherds in the area living in the fields and keeping night watch by turns over their flocks. The angel of God appeared to them, and the glory of God shone around them. They were very much afraid. The angel said to them, You have nothing to fear. I come to proclaim good news to you, news of a great joy to be shared by the whole people. Today in David's city, a Savior, the Messiah, has been born to you. Let this be a sign to you. You'll find an infant wrapped in a simple cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in high heaven and on earth peace to those on whom God's favor rests. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see this event that God has made known to us. They hurried and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, once they saw this, they reported what they had been told concerning the child. All who heard about it were astonished at the report given by the shepherds. Mary treasured all these things and reflected on them in her heart. The shepherds went away glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as they had been told. Amen. I'm going to come up a little closer, and I need to stand because I don't quite have it memorized, even though we've heard it twice already. I was chatting with our daughter, Angie, while whining more than chatting, about how difficult it is to craft a Christmas Eve sermon, as I shared with you last week. What do you do? What do you say? And she quietly said, well... You could always tell that old story about Mary and the baby. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story. It needs a bit of an introduction. Biblical scholar Ken Bailey, uh, whom he himself grew up in the Middle East, has demonstrated conclusively that there are some problems with some of our translations of the Christmas story. You may have noticed some differences between the King James and what we read after. And some of our most cherished traditions are simply not historically accurate. So I'm going to try to tell you this story as accurately as I can, though we are well aware that what's really important are not the facts of this story, but the overarching and enduring truth, with a capital T, truth, of this story. The story takes place in a land on the eastern side of the Mediterranean, in a backwater region populated by Jews, but under the thumb of the Romans. Long, long ago, in a land far, far away, lived a peasant girl named Mary, her name meaning beloved. She was on the cusp of womanhood, probably 14 or 15 years of age, and she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. One day, God, yes, God, the creator of heaven and earth, the ground of our being, the uncaused cause, supreme love, that God, 
decided to send a message to this young woman, Mary. So she sent an angel. The word angel means messenger. Angel Gabriel, whose name means God is our strength, to visit Mary. Now, as some of you have heard me say before, angels in the Bible are nothing like the angels in our traditional children's Christmas pageants, you know, little girls. Angels in the Bible are large, they are always male, and evidently they are pee your pants terrifying <laughs> because every single time that an angel shows up, the first thing he has to say is, do not be afraid. Every time, check it out. So I'm going to have you, that'll be your line when I signal you, do not be afraid. Let's practice. Do not be afraid. Okay, good. All right. So, sorry. God sends angel Gabriel to Mary's modest family home. Mary was alone at the sink drying the last bowl from breakfast. When Gabriel materialized in the corner of the room behind her, so she didn't see him, looking down from his great height, Gabriel said, Greetings! Mary dropped her bowl, whirled around. Light filled every corner of the normally dark room. The scent of heaven filled her nostrils. Her jaw dropped. Gabriel did his best to try to look friendly instead of fierce and continued, Mary, you are beloved of God. Mary continued to stare in abject terror, her eyes big as pomegranates, her lower jaw trembling. Gabriel tried again, God be with you. Oh, Mary, do not be afraid. Mary started to edge toward the door. Gabriel spoke again, God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Yeshua. Well, that stopped her. Her eyes narrowed and her brow furrowed. Relieved that she no longer looked like she was about to flee, Gabriel gave her the rest of the story. Your baby will be great and will be called the son of the Most High and Yahweh will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary's mouth opened again and shut and opened. She finally found her voice. How can this be? I have never been with a man. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy, Son of God. Mary slowly shook her head and started backing toward the door again. So Gabriel quickly added, did you know that your cousin Elizabeth, old as she is, has conceived a son? She's six months pregnant. You see, nothing is impossible with God. Well, that stopped Mary 
again. Uh, Elizabeth? Elizabeth is pregnant? Whoa. A minute passed. And then another. Mary tried to take it all in. Gabriel waited silently. With a divine patience, a patience born of living in eternal dimensions. At last, Mary swallowed, then bowed before the angel and said, Okay, I am God's handmaiden, ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. Then it was the angel's turn to bow and smile and vanish. Well, it happened just as the angel had said. And before long, Mary could sense life within her womb, which meant she couldn't any longer put off explaining her pregnancy to her fiancé, Joseph. Of course, he didn't believe all this fantastical gibberish about an appearance of an angel and conception by the Holy Spirit. Joseph was crushed, confused, angry, betrayed, but above all, sad. By the law of that day, Mary could have been stoned to death. But fortunately for everyone, Joseph was a kind man, a deliberate man, not wishing to disgrace Mary, Joseph planned to end the engagement quietly. But that very night, Angel Gabriel appeared to Joseph, this time in a dream, and confirmed Mary's story. So Joseph followed instructions and went ahead and married Mary. Things went along fine for a number of months. But then into this new family's life came what so often has come to peasant families through the long stretch of human history, a painful decree by an occupying government in the form of a census. A census, big deal, you think. Well, this census was not for the purpose of determining how many elementary schools are needed or how much government aid you will receive. This census was for the purpose of taxation and conscription. And what really made it difficult for Mary and Joseph was it wasn't just a canvasser coming to your door. They had to go to their ancestral home. And most people lived within a few miles of their ancestral home or in it, but not Joseph. He was of the house and lineage of David in Bethlehem, 90 miles away. Would have been a rugged hike under normal conditions, but Mary may well have been far along in her pregnancy. Well, they managed to arrive in Bethlehem. It was busier than New Orleans at Mardi Gras, though the mood was anything but festive. The crush of the crowds made everyone cross and cranky. In accord with the rules of hospitality, Joseph and Mary were welcomed by some distant cousins of Joseph to stay with them. But these cousins were already crowded with their own family and other guests who had arrived from far away, so there was no room for them in the guest room, which is the correct translation of that word, often translated in 
But that's the only place in the New Testament ever gets translated in. Otherwise, it's the guest room. So they had to stay in the main room. Now, the main room in houses of that day was an all-purpose room, and I do mean all-purpose. And here I need your help again with some animal sounds when I signal you. At night, the family's animals, and I don't mean pets like dogs, dogs, or cats, meow, or hamsters, take it, Joe, no. or fish, very good, very good. I mean animals like chickens, or goats, or maybe even a cow. Very good. These animals, which had been roaming the nearby neighborhood during the day, were brought at night into the main room for the safety and warmth of the animals and the warmth from the animals for the people. So there would be cut into the floor a feed box, which was called a manger. Well, the time came for Mary to have her baby. Some of Joseph's female cousins helped with her delivery. We presume it was a normal labor and delivery, and by normal, I mean absolutely horrible. Excruciatingly painful, especially for a first-time mother with no drugs to help. Joseph, listening from outside, hearing the groans and the screams, was going mad. Finally, after hours, Joseph heard the lusty cry of a healthy baby, and it was a boy. This was the custom. They swaddled long bands of cloth around the baby quite tightly to make him feel secure. Now, we have all heard of folks so poor that they didn't have a crib, and so were placed in a dresser drawer. Have you heard of that? Any of you dresser babies? Okay, or heard from your, your grandparents maybe in stories like this, stories like this? Well, Joseph and Mary didn't have a crib, and they didn't have a dresser. But they had a feed box, and that's where they placed the child. A rather inauspicious start for one supposed to be called Holy, the Son of the Most High. Meanwhile, Luke tells us that there were shepherds out in the surrounding hillsides keeping watch over their flocks by night. Now, if that is accurate, then Jesus certainly was not born in December because the flocks were kept out at night only during the summer months. Some scholars suggest that these shepherds were raising the temple sheep to be used for the Passover sacrifice. And these sheep had to be perfect without blemish. Now, despite our affection for Psalm 23 and the fact that King David the greatest king in all of Israel's history, had been a shepherd boy, shepherds were not considered to be the cream of society during the time of our story. Sheep don't take a day off, so neither could shepherds. So they couldn't go to synagogue on the Sabbath, but they weren't ritually clean most of the time anyhow because of their job. Sometimes they touch dead animals and things. So they couldn't participate in the normal religious life of the Jewish people. And not only that, shepherds were considered to be untrustworthy, unsavory in character. 
They were not allowed to be witnesses in a court of law. But they played an important part in our story. In that region, according to Luke, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of God stood before them, and that hillside became bright as the noonday sun. The very air tingled with electricity like just before a lightning strike. And the shepherds were petrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. But his voice was like no sound they had ever heard. His countenance was like none they had ever seen. And they remained petrified. They hugged the ground, afraid to look up. So the angel said it again. Do not be afraid. For behold, I am bringing you good news of a great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the anointed one of God. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. The shepherds were dumbfounded. Wait, what? The Messiah the long-awaited one to deliver us from the bondage of Rome, a baby, a baby, in a feed box. What? Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly beings, a celestial choir, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom God favors. And they're gone. It took a while for the shepherds to find their voices. But then they couldn't stop babbling. Some of them said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that God has made known to us. But others said, oh, no thank you. We have had more than enough excitement for one night. We'll stay here and keep watch over the sheep. You guys can trudge off to Bethlehem in the middle of the night to try to find some baby, a baby in a manger, no less. So some of them did head to Bethlehem. But they didn't trudge. They skipped and ran as fast as their legs would take them. And after asking around a bit, they found the house with Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. And the shepherds told Mary and Joseph and Joseph's cousins about the visitation by the angels and what the angels had said concerning this child. And then they told the whole town. So everybody was abuzz with excitement. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. I invite you to do the same. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, 
stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.